Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. And we are cranking in into the last piece of our uh, Created to Create series. They're in the very end of this thing. Uh, we're wrapping it up today. And um, I have really enjoyed it. I hope you have enjoyed it. I've, I've loved seeing all of our artists and, and different uh, people showing their abilities out in our, in our um, uh, creation areas and people uh, showing what they can do. I have thoroughly enjoyed the stuff on Instagram and Facebook and people posting their hashtag created to create. And so even though the series is over, I hope you don't stop. I hope you continue to share. Because, man, you you are some talented people. Some of you, you had talents I had no idea you had until you finally were bold enough to take a picture or a little video and put hashtag created to create. And it's like, my goodness, you you are some talented, talented folks. And so uh, I have I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this. But as we're wrapping this up, um, then what we're going to look at today is how, is how all of this plays together. Yes, you are created to create, but you're not, God does not create us to be a bunch of individual pieces. God created us to be able to be a body and to work together. So if you've got your View Version app open, if you've got your bulletin that we handed you on the way in, this is where we begin to track along with that. And we've come to this concept every week. Every week, for seven weeks in a row, I hope that this has got down deep in your soul, that in God's hands, we are both a work of art and an artist at work. We're both of those things simultaneously, and I, and I hope you're seeing that, and I hope you're getting it, that we, our hearts ought to be open to God and say, God, work on me, transform me, shape me. God, that, you, that I need to be in your hands a work of art. That God is is remaking me and transforming me. But there also ought to be, there ought to be a place where God is not working just in us but through us. And I hope you're beginning to see that God wants to to use you. God wants to, to take your giftings and to have an impact other people's lives. Because you're here today. Wherever you are in your relationship with God, you're here today because of other people's giftings. And other people's obedience to to use what God has given them. Let's go ahead and let's look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, one more time. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. It says, for it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. It's by grace, people. It's by grace, it's by grace, it's by grace. You've been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by work so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. God prepared these things in advance for us to be able to do them. And notice he says for us to do. Not that God prepared in advance for you to do. And then it's a whole bunch of you's. It's prepared them in advance for us to do. And a lot of times our gifting doesn't make sense when it's isolated by itself. It's like, okay, I, I feel like I'm called to this thing, but, 
but how does it how does it fit? How, how does it roll? And it, we need to see the way the other pieces connect because one piece helps another piece. And I've seen this over and over, um, over and over in my, in my own life. And a lot of times we don't know how our own lives fit together. It's like, God, I feel like I'm called to this. And God, I feel like I'm called to this. And so many times we want to narrow cast our lives. If you go to a little kid and we, if we were to go to, across the hall and get some of the kids' church kids in here, and um, then we would give them the, the adult to little kid question, okay? Um, the first question from adult to little kid is always, how old are you? And so that's always the first question, okay? So we get that one out of the way and we find out how old they are. Then the next question, um, if it's not what is your name, we'll, we'll go ahead and cover that one. And then at some point, this question is going to come up. And it's, what do you want to do when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? It's just a natural question aunts and uncles, people ask of little kids. And adults, for some reason, it got pounded into us that that's supposed to be a one-concept answer. Now, you grab one of those kids across the hall... And you pull them over here, and you ask them, and they will probably give us a one-word answer. Well, what do you want to be? Well, I want to be, I want to be a nurse. I want to be a firefighter. I want to be a teacher. Um, man, I was so blessed. Uh, one, one time, uh, years ago, when we were at the movie theater, a kid said, uh, I'm going to pastor Celebration Church. I'm like, all right. Bring it. And so... Uh, so he, I was like, that's awesome, man. The kids, you know, uh, sees what I do. And it's like, I'd like, to, I'd like to do that, and I'm going to take your job, big, big boy. And so, and i uh, like, oh, that's, that's fantastic. And so, um, but, you know, there's usually this one-word answer that's there. Here's what's, here's what's awesome. You go to that same kid in a couple of months. You go to the kid that says, well, what do you want to do when you grow up? He was passionate. Man, I'm going to be a firefighter. I'm going to be a firefighter. I'm going to be a firefighter. Okay? Then you come to him in a couple of weeks, and he's like, well, what do you want to be? Well, I'm going to be a pilot, man. I'm going to be a pilot. He's like, well, didn't you, didn't you say you are going to be a firefighter? He's like, well, maybe I'll be a firefighter pilot. Maybe I'll like, fly a plane and drop that stuff on those wildfires, and, and, and that's what I want to do. And then you talk to the same kid, um, you know, and you say, okay, well, what do you want to do when you grow up? Oh, man, I'm, I'm going to be a businessman. I'm going to be a businessman. Well, I thought you want to be a firefighter pilot. Well, maybe, you know, I'll own a business that has a fleet of planes that contracts with, you know. And, and so, and, uh, but the kid doesn't think those through. It's just concept, concept, concept. In my own life, um, I had that question asked of me a ton of times just like you did. And so at one point, it was like for a long period of time, well, what do you want to do? I want to be, I want to be an architect. I want to be an architect. That's what I want to do. I want to design buildings and and build stuff. So that was that for a while. Then, okay, well, then I want to, to do, uh, I, want, I did want to be a pilot. I want to be a pilot when I, when I get older. And you know, there's all these different things. And, and it's like, well, what else do you want to do? Well, I'd like to, to, I'd like to own my own business. I, I'd like to do those things. And, and ministry was not on my radar as a kid. It wasn't on my radar. It wasn't one of the things. When I saw my pastor or any of them preaching, I went like, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. Um, and so then whenever God began to move on my heart while I was at Angelo State, my freshman year there, and God began to, to speak to me that I was called to ministry and I was called to be a pastor. 
But then I was like, okay, well, that means all of this other stuff, all this other stuff is gone. All this other stuff is gone. I'm not, I'm, that's apparently not what I'm going to do. And, and when I said yes to ministry, I, I said yes to it full bore. But what I didn't realize was that all of those little pieces that I had seen and those little things that I'd seen as I was growing up, God had put those things in me. So when I said yes to ministry and said yes to God, I did not realize I was unlocking all of those other things. I had no idea. I thought I was shutting the door on all those other things because I thought it was a one-word answer. But with the things that God had prepared in advance for me to do, that as I was a little kid growing up in a Christian home, a, a Christ-centered home, and, and thinking, what do I want to do with my life? I, I was like, well, I want to build stuff, and I, I, want, to, I want to help design, and, and I, want to, I want to fly, and, and I, I want to own some business, and I want to do some different things. And, and then it's like, okay, God, I, I, I just give it all to you, and I'm just going to, I'm just going to love on people and preach and, and do what you are called me to do in ministry. And I had no idea. That what was happening is I was actually saying yes to the whole thing. Yeah. I had no idea I was saying yes to all of it. And that's the thing is we have to understand that, that yes, there are pieces of us. And when we see we're created to create and we feel like maybe there's one little niche over here. And, you know, and it, yeah, I can do some painting over here. And that's my little created to create box. But no, your whole life is this, people. Yeah. Your whole life. And it's bigger than a one-word answer. Yeah. It is bigger then a one-word answer, you are more complex and wonderfully made than a one-word answer. Whatever it is you trade your time for, for money, that's a piece of who you are. But that is not who you are. And God has created you in all of these pieces to work together. And so sure enough, as following in ministry, man, I, I, God opened up doors. I got to design some projects from the ground up and build them. And be able to be a part of that and see that and hire crews and do those different things. I got to be a part of that. I got to be a part of designing a church from the ground up. When we bought this building, I had experience with some contractors and some different stuff. And I wasn't completely clueless. And so I was able to do that. Through ministry, God opened it up that I was able to get my pilot's license and be able to fly around and, and fly some other ministers to some other places and do some things and have some experiences. And, and then God opened up door for us to have multiple different business stuff with my wife and, and those different things. And I, I, it's bigger than one word answer. We have to recognize that. And church, people, church is bigger than just this concept of Sunday morning. It's bigger than that. Church is what happens out there. Church is, is taking place. There's all these things that work together to help make this moment happen for somebody. But this moment begins in Starbucks when somebody sees your t-shirt and says, Celebration Church, I've, kind of, I've heard about that. And like, yeah, I've, I really do. In fact, you know, my, my small group, I just love my small group with my church. And, you know, you ought, you ought to come. You ought to come check it out. And, and that seed began to be planted. And church happened in the line at Starbucks. Not just here. And somebody was sitting there and having a rough time and, and, and going through something. And a co-worker brought something up. And they're like, you know what? Here's what's going on. I love getting a report that when we did the, the gift assessment there was one of our church members who, who did it, was talking about it, talked to their boss about it. And the boss is a, uh, was a female. And it is tragic, it is tragic that women in leadership have such a bad rap. 
We see a guy and we can call, call him, you know, that he's just, he's tough. He's tough. And that's all right. A man can be tough. A woman's tough and she gets all these names called to her. She's a strong boss and she gets called all of these different names. She has a vision and she is ready to tell people she's, she's bossy and she's pushy. Man does that and he's got vision. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's been wrong in the church. It's been wrong in our culture. It's been wrong for a long, long time, people. And so here's this woman who's in a leadership position in a company. And she takes this gift assessment that this other lady in the church did. And she takes this gift assessment and leader, ruler, scores super high. And she begins to read the description of this, the spiritual part of this. This lady weeps at her desk at work because she's like, I'm not broken. This is, I'm, this is what God has called me to do. I'm not broken. And she thought that she was broken because people give her a hard time for, for having vision and being a tough boss and, and, and being, having ideas and all those different things. She's like, no, this is the way I'm wired. And it was liberating for her. And those tears of what God did happened at a desk. Not on Sunday morning. Not in a, one of these chairs here. Church is bigger. It's bigger than Sunday morning. All of the pieces come together and we tend to think, okay, we're called to be the church and we think we're called to be something wonderful on some, on some corner. And we want our corner to be great and we want it to be loving and inviting. But folks, it isn't just, this isn't just church. Churches in our homes, churches in our, in our workplaces, churches in, is on our, on our social media accounts where somebody can call out to you and say, hey, I need help, I need prayer on these different things. It's bigger than that. See, God wants to use all our talents together to gather people at, into, into his family. 1 Corinthians 3, chapter 6. It's just Paul. And the verses right before this, Paul calls the Corinthian church, he says that, that they're immature. He says they're childish because they have the wrong mindset. They don't see the big picture of how all this works together. And in verse 6, he says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God made it grow. God's the one who's doing this. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. We're not anything special, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose. And they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. You are. You're the one who's out there working. I need my buddy Kelly. Where's Kelly? There we are. Come on, Kelly. I wanted Kelly to, to build something for us. And so Kelly uh, built me a Rube Goldberg device. Anybody, everybody know what a Rube Goldberg device is? If you don't think of a uh, Tom and Jerry mousetrap. Uh, Tom and Jerry mousetrap. This, this complicated thing to do something that's honestly simple. And so you've seen them online. You've seen them in different places where this complicated thing comes together to do something really simple. And so, and a lot of times you think, man, there's got to be an easier way. To do this. And so uh, we're going to simply pop a balloon. And the scriptures say where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Okay? 
And so that well, this, this balloon is, is restricting, and there's all of this stuff that's inside there. And, and we've got this Rube Goldberg device that's, that's created with a, this stuff found. Like here's, a, here's an old junction box and, and uh, all of this different stuff that's created for uh, um, just stuff you find around your garage, some old pipes, some different pieces coming together. And so uh, do you need your ladder, buddy? I mean, do you need your chair? We're good? All right. So here we are. So this Rube Goldberg is about, this is what, we want liberty for our balloon. We want liberty for its contents. There's a party on the inside. There's something amazing on the inside. But it's been, it's been pent up. And so what we need is, is we need this thing to, to come together. We need this thing to be released. The bottom of this. I touched it. So our balloon may be too high, is what they're saying. They're saying I'm messing up my own illustration, is what my wife is saying. I'm, I'm blowing this here. She is doing her job. All right. Yeah, trust me. Uh, any blame for mishap, I'll gladly take. All right. You're confident? No. You are all right. <laughs> I'm confident in you. So, so here's, the, here's this process that, you know, a lot of times it would be this, this thing that would think, okay, well, the easiest thing is just pop the balloon. Um, but what uh, studies have shown is that for somebody to come to Christ, they have to have multiple encounters. The average is eight overt multiple encounters with somebody with the, with the gospel, with somebody helping them to be able to move forward with the gospel. So we're going to start this. And a lot of times we think it's ought to work. And especially if you feel prompted by the Holy Spirit to have a conversation. And we say, man, I just feel like I need to talk to you uh, about Jesus. And that, that God loves you. And that he's for you. And, and, then, and then Kelly says, uh, okay. get, no, say, say, get out of my face. Get out of my face. There we go. Like, Whoa. What happened? I thought the Holy Spirit prompted me to speak to him. And if the Holy Spirit has prompted me to speak to him, that means he must be ready to say yes to Jesus. Not necessarily. Because if it takes an average of eight encounters, somebody has to be encounter number one. Somebody does. Somebody has to be encounter number one. And God prompted me to do this. So this is why you and I can't just say, man, I felt like I was supposed to, to be generous to this person. And man, and they, they just blew it, man. I thought they were going to have this awesome God moment. And then, man, they were just like, yeah, whatever. Man, I, I, I went to this person, I, and I shared with them what was on my heart, and they just blew it. They just blew it away. They just said, it don't matter to me. Man, what happened here? Man, I guarantee if, if you felt like you were supposed to, you were supposed to. You were supposed to. You know who, you know who doesn't tell you to share about Jesus? The devil. He don't tell you to do that. He don't tell you to share what's going on in your life. He doesn't have you share and explain that. So guess what? So you set them and you, and you share. And you get nowhere. And so we, we start out here. Please stay. There we go. And you share. And then you shared about the goodness of God. And there happened to be going through a playlist. Or, and then all of a sudden, some artist sings a song. Like somebody's maybe listening to Avril's new song. 
We played last week, keep my head above water. And then I hear a song and go, oh my goodness, here's this, man, there's another God encounter. That this artist is there. And, and then what they didn't know is there's a relative that you didn't know that's been praying for this person all the time. So there's this prayer that's going in over here. And all of a sudden, then, then there's something else. And then they're scrolling through, and you're Facebook friends with them, and you shared a video about the goodness and the, the love of God, and they watched two-thirds of it um, because they got convicted, and they shut it down, and they moved on. But there was this video that some artist made and put it on, and you appreciated it, and you shared it, and you go in, and then finally some other person invites them To be a part and come to church. Now let's, let's see what happens. Sometimes they need a nudge. Awesome. Love you, bro. Love you. Thank you, man. Um, and so, but then when they're invited, and then once they get here, guess what? The, the, the cartwheel doesn't end. They walk in, and there's one of you awesome people greeting them. And then somebody, some awesome smiling host, gives them a donut. <laughs> you know, the love of God in confectionery form. And then somebody is sweet to them and it helps them check their kids in and is loving on their kids and they feel like their kids are safe. And then they come in and they have worship and they don't fully understand exactly what's going on, but they can tell it's genuine for the people around them. And there's some people whose lives, are this, these words really mean something to them. And then finally, at the end of 10 of these things, some guy gets up there and talks about something and preaches and then an invitation is made, and somebody says yes to Jesus. Yeah. The cartwheel gets going. Yeah. Folks, every piece of this, as we're watching the little ball and hearing it clank along, every piece, every piece, when it drops into there, we're like, yes. And it drops into there, like, yes. Has the freedom shown up yet? No. But every step, every step is an arrival. Every step is an arrival. And so many times we just keep, we, if, if we just fixate on this, we're like, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. No, something's happening. Something's happening. People are sharing. People are doing, using their talents. People are serving. There's something happening there. We're getting people closer and closer and closer to their relationship with God. We're helping people grow in their relationship with God every step and arrival. Folks, folks, God wants to be able to utilize us together. Psalms 104 verse 30. If you've been on a walk to Emmaus, you're familiar with this passage of Scripture. I used it in week one. I wanted to pull it back in in week seven. You send forth your spirit and they, that's us. His family, children of God, are created. And you renew the face of the earth. Notice that the renewal process begins once 
the new birth happens. Then he renews the face of the earth. Then things begin to shift. Then things begin to change. See, God uses people to connect us to him and to grow us in him. Ephesians chapter 4 said, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each Heart does its work. As each one does its work, it all flows together. 2 Corinthians 3. Now where the, now the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's liberty. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory. Which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Now, I really, really like the way the message translation puts this. If you've been through our newcomers class, you're very familiar with this in the message. It says, all of us, nothing between us and God, our faces shining with the brightness of his face. And, and so we are transfigured, much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like him. As he enters our lives, we become more and more beautiful. He's taken us from glory to glory. As soon as somebody says yes to Jesus and they step over from death to life, they're heaven ready. That's amazing. That's glorious. Might they still have habits? Yep. They might. So are they unglorious just because they have some habits? No. God's going to move them to a new glory. It's going to be their child liberated of some of those habits. Liberated of the next thing. Liberated of the next thing. You and I, folks, God's liberating us. We may not have habits that everybody turns their nose up at. But we have fear. We have hang-ups. We, we, we don't uh, follow God with the way we should. We don't step out and say the things we should say. Sometimes we say the things we shouldn't say. We need to be transformed. See, God has given us the message and ministry of reconciliation. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. And all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He's given us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He's given us the message and the ministry of reconciliation. He's put it in our hands. He's put it in our hands. And each one of these steps is that in the process. Each piece. There's not one piece that can stand alone. Each piece is needed. So what is our next step? Our next step is set a date to collaborate. Set a date to to collaborate. Get your gifting connected with somebody else's gifting. Get it connected. I love that that's one of the things that millennials love to do. You talk to millennials and they understand the concept of collab and collaborate. They love it. 
They love to get together and bring their ideas and bring their stuff together. And say, man, you and me, and I'll post this on, on my Insta feed. And you can post it on yours, and we'll reach even more people together. And we can go and have a meetup and do all these different things. That they, millennials understand this. Folks, the church needs to understand we need to work together. It's one of the reasons why I so enjoy us doing things like Rock the Pumpkin. With, we, we have a parking lot. We've got a big one. We can do our own thing. I don't want to do our own thing. We've had 10 years of doing Rock the Pumpkin with First Assembly. I love collaborating with them. I love collaborating with Freedom Fellowship to do our kids camp. I love doing it. I don't, we don't want to do stuff alone. We want to connect and be a part of the body of Christ as a whole. So our bottom line is this, that together our impact multiplies. Together, our impact multiplies. It just does. It just does. It just does. Folks, you and, we, you and I, we were created in the image of a loving creator to be a part of his recreation. He's creating afresh. He is renewing the face of the earth. He is bringing fresh life and wholeness. Everything we need for life and godliness is available in Christ. Everything. Folks, this, this, this is bigger than you can even kind of begin to imagine. This goes deeper than, than we can wrap our minds around. It affects every area of our lives. But we got to just take our next step. We take our next step. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.